Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. All right. Good morning, everybody. Y'all doing all right today? It's so uh, good to see you, to be with you, to worship the Lord. I was, I was literally praying. I, I pray a lot of times when I'm in the middle of worship. If I haven't already prayed it in the morning, I'll pray, God, make this a thin place. Let this be a thin place between heaven and earth. Sometimes you might even see me up there. If I'm doing like this, I'm praying that prayer. I just look, and, and I mean, whoo, that last couple of songs. Wow. So fun stuff. It's great to worship. Just love, love to worship with you guys. Um, a couple of things before we jump in. Open your Bibles to 1 John, if you would. 1 John chapter 2, verse uh, 20 is where we're going to be reading from to start from in just a minute. But I want to just mention a couple of things, a couple of testimonies. One is about uh, Baron Schultz. His uh, memorial service was this past Wednesday, and it was just you know a packed house, lots of people down there in Cleburne at Cleburne Bible Church and a great memorial time of remembering uh, Barron and his life. And, you know, it's amazing how just how many stories were told of Barron just following the next thing that God told him to do, just walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Just that's what he did. And so obviously he prayed, he believed that God wanted to release healing through him and he prayed for a lot of people to be healed. And I, I would imagine there's a number of people in this room that have been. I, I was. In fact, on the night that he uh, placed membership at our house, at, at a, we had a connections class at our house, and he said, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for your knee. He had heard this knee was bad knee. You know, just, and the, the knee was a bit messed up and took me back into the back uh, room and prayed for me. It was just powerful presence of God time. There's so many stories like that, but one of the things I'm coming out of that time with, and I was texting even with Misty this morning. She's not going to be here this morning, but, but she's the, making progress, but it's, it's hard, you know. And, uh, but one of the things I came out of that time with, and I just want to just impart this to us. If you got something to say to somebody that's about love or Jesus or encouraging them, don't leave it unsaid. Just don't leave it unsaid. Just we're worshiping. Just go say it to them. Just I, I love you. God wants you to know He loves you or the word of encouragement or strengthening or comfort, those kinds of things. Let's go for it. Okay. Also, uh, and it's been a big week. Uh, yesterday, all day long, uh, was Convoy of Hope. And I'm going to get the numbers right here, but just a mile down the road here at Southwest High School, we participated. Our whole discipleship school and a number of others were there uh, representing Christ Fellowship, but 26 churches partnered together. And we had 6,504 participants that came through to get help. Isn't that awesome? Uh, let's see. 30, we worked in the prayer tent, and uh, we had 3,383 people come through for prayer. I mean, we got to be in a lot of people's lives all day long yesterday up till 2 p.m. It was, it was pretty awesome. We had over 1,300 volunteers from 26 uh, different churches. 76 people gave their lives to Jesus for the first time. And 149 of the people that asked for prayer asked for follow-up. So different churches are going to be following up with them. Isn't that fun? So 
plan is to do that again in a couple of years. We had, it's been a decade since Convoy of Hope came and we did it and it was, this was way, way bigger and it's so, uh, just, there was so much more international feel because we got the fountains, got refugees, this has become a refugee hub here in this area. We, so we prayed for Muslims, Iraqis, Burmese, uh, just, uh, Prayed for a, a, a guy that had been to some of the same places I'd been to Iraq, uh, Iraq in '04, and uh, he got healing in his back. Somebody else, uh, Julia Ekbo, prayed for somebody that got healed in their knee. They got hit by an 18-wheeler nine years ago, lived in pain the whole time, and she got healed in her knee. Uh, I'm just trying to say some highlights that I remember. Oh yeah, somebody came at the end of the day and said, "What's that? Tra- that what's that? Uh, it's like a mobile home." thing, uh, what do you call those big, nice uh, RVs, <laughs> driving my mobile home down the road, <laughs> it's funny, it's RV, and uh, it was actually Ben, he came over to us and he goes, hey, hey, what's that, what's that, why is so many people waiting to get in, I said, you know what that is, that's a Tarrant County judge, and he's letting people off of traffic tickets and warrants related to traffic tickets, that's why there's a big line over there. <laughs> Hey, we had some of our own people like, maybe I could take this pink shirt off and <laughs> go get in line. It, it was full the whole day, you know. So that a great way to start. I mean, they were giving haircuts and food and uh, shoes. People, uh, one lady uh, got shoes for her three kids and then was about to leave. And they said, wait, we want to get you shoes. And she started crying and she said, I, you don't have to do shoes for me. I said, oh, yeah, we want to give you shoes. Just tears. Isn't that great? So I'm going to preach, but that's, that's a great, great start, right? Yeah, thank you. Okay, so 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. This is part two in our series on real. Uh, this is real experience, and this is in the series, Keep It Real, from 1 John. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Yes. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know the truth. You know it. And because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. And whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you've heard from the beginning remains in you. Remains in you. And if it does... You will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us, even eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from Him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you, but His anointing teaches you about all things. And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught you, remain in Him. So, you know, like we set things up last week, we're just continuing in this. Last week, we set things up in talking about keep it real. And we said there's something very real about the beginning of 1 John, about a relationship with Jesus Christ and His Father in the Spirit. That's why John was writing, and he's writing to make his joy complete, that everybody would get in on this. That's why Jesus came, so we would get in on this life and reality and relationship that is Jesus Christ and His Father in the Spirit. That's what it's about. The opposite of that is the end of the letter when he says, Dear children, chapter 5, verse 21, keep yourselves from idols, from false gods, from uh, the, the idolon means ghost or phantom. So from things that aren't real. 
And so we talked about last week, light and darkness, confession and self-deception. We talked about forgiveness and sin. We talked about obedience and disobedience and love and hate and all of these things. There's a contrast there. And this week, it's what's real and what's counterfeit. You see that tension. And so we have this anointing from God, from the Holy One, to help us discern what's real and what's not real, to keep us on the path and to keep us out of a ditch. That's what's going on in this this passage. John is interesting. For all of you linear, left brain, dot, 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 the end, this is not John. <laughs> He's like A, and a little B, and I'm going to throw in a little C here. And then B and some C, and I'm going to throw in a little A here. And then C, D, and a little bit of E. And then I'm going to do a little C, D, and A. And it's just all, he's swirling this thing. Think helix and not straight line. Think helix of growth. John's touching on these things. He wants us to get it. And this week, I, I could have called this a number of things like real life part two, but I'm calling it real experience because we need to have an experience, not just head knowledge, not just stuff that we know about. We need the reality of God in our lives. And that's what this anointing that he's talking about here is. It's the reality. It's the reality of God's presence, empowering presence in our lives. You ever tried to tell somebody something that was going on in church life? You know, uh, oh man, worship the other day. It was incredible. And then you, you go on about it for a little bit and then you realize uh, you had to be there. You know, there's just something that you're, if you're not in the experience, you just can't you know, we had this baptism. Oh, it was incredible, man. They shared their testimony and just like God brought them out of all kinds of bondage and addiction and stuff and met Jesus. They were at death's door and Jesus saved them and forgave them. And they just testified to that, got down in the water, baptized in the name of Jesus. Everybody's cheering. Yeah, you're not with me on this. You had to be there. A little bunch of stuff like that, right? I mean, I worship times and we had this uh, prayer and fasting time just a few weeks ago and and I missed one noon prayer time. I was at the others. They were awesome. But the one I missed, boy, did I miss it. And boy, did everybody let me know. I missed it. That's when God, that was the one, you know, right? I'm like, ah, man, I mean, come on. I was doing something I thought I was supposed to be doing. Shoot. But, but that's the way it is. It's hard to explain. And that's why we need the reality the experiential reality of God in our lives. Not just knowing some stuff. I know the facts. It's responding and living that life of responsive obedience to the Lord. So that's what's going on there. I, I'm, again, I'm thinking of, of, a, of, of Baron here. I, it's just, it's appropriate to use him as an illustration today of this. I mean, testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony. It's this guy lived for Jesus, and he wanted to obey what God was telling him to do next. Just That's barren. You know, and that could be result in a healing, result in just kind of an awkward thing, you know. It's awkward sometimes. I'm trying to follow God. And that's not what's going on in the world all the time. But that's, that's what He's calling us to. That's the, uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is living that way. Living with God. Walking with God talking with Him, hearing Him, and responding him, uh, to Him. 
And that's a pretty good way of saying what's going on in this passage. Just it's that's what God wants us to do is to know that we have an anointing from the Holy One and to walk in truth, to walk in obedience, to remain there with him. God knows that we could not just do this on our own. We need him. We need him. I can't just I can't tell you some stuff. I can't just be told some stuff and go and do it. I need God with me living in me to to navigate all the potential ditches, distractions, junk and stuff in life. I need His empowering presence. So the main thing is this, <clears throat> putting it into one sentence. We have an anointing from the Holy One so that we can really know God in the experience of our everyday lives. That's what this, that's what this passage is about. So let's look at it here. Three things. His anointing and presence helps us, number one, to remain in Jesus Christ. So those last few verses there from 24 on, we've got this anointing, and he says, see that what you've heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you'll remain in the Son and in the Father. This is what he promised, eternal life. I'm writing to you who are try- about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you've received from him remains in you. You don't need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it is taught you, remain in him. So what's going on here is that we've been given life, you know, and, and the way Jesus says it in John 17, three. So John, John records it from Jesus prayer. This father, this is life. This is eternal life that they would know you and your son whom you sent, me. It's a pretty powerful prayer when you think about it. This is life eternal, knowing you and knowing me. Wow, in the Spirit. Pretty powerful thing. So he's saying, that's what, that's what I want you knowing. That's what I want you walking in. But the way we walk this thing out is to remain. So over and over again, he's saying remain. Other translations say abide. That's why around here a lot, I'll say the goal of my life is to abide in Christ. That's the goal. I, I, I get up and spend time with Jesus, but during the day, my, the goal of my day is, and I'll put, don't have my phone right now, but I'll put reminders through the different days, different seasons, different things that help me turn to the Lord. Just abide and practice, play the game with minutes that those would get, those times would get shorter and shorter where I'm unaware of God's presence in my life. So that's remaining. And the way I want to kind of illustrate this is, uh, because we need help is by telling the story of two dogs. So if I could get a little help up here on the screen. These are two famous dogs around here. They actually have both belonged to my daughter who's sitting on the front row here. And uh, this is Maggie. Uh, she's 13 now on the left. Kind of hard to see there a little bit. And that's Bricks. And she's, how old is she? She's two. Okay. A little more spunky, not quite two. And uh, so Maggie, uh, they're both heroes in this story. There's no, these, these are great dogs. But, but I'm talking about, the reason I'm using these dogs is several years ago, I heard an illustration from a guy named Graham Cook, who's a preacher and prophetic guy. And uh, he said he felt like the Lord was telling him on this whole abide thing, Graham, you're like a dog. Stay, stay, stay. And I just, that illustration just stuck with me because I, I am just... The worst, and maybe you'd say you're the worst, but I feel like I'm the worst squirrel. Just, I just, ah, I'm just, 
you know, just distracted. It's terrible. I, Friday, I'm, I'm literally working on this sermon. I go to the bathroom for something. What was I doing? I was going to get some lotion or something. And, uh, and I, I got back there and I did something else. Now, you guys have never done this kind of thing, right? I, I do something else and I'm like, I don't think that's why I came back here. And I said, Jamie, I talked to myself in the mirror. I said, like, Jamie, you need to remember why you can't. And I started walking out and then I remembered and I was like, but I was like, what a picture of what I'm trying to illustrate. Dogs are like this, right? Maggie, her, it's like discipleship. I remember the early days. She's actually kind of grown as much as she's pretty much going to grow. She's an old woman dog now. She's pretty set in her ways and not going to change a lot. You know, I say stay to her and she goes. And it's kind of a fear thing. All we've ever done is speak encouragement. Jeremiah 29 over that dog. You've got a hope and a future. You're going to be somebody her whole life. Bricks, she's not there yet. I love that dog. I, I really do. I love both of their dogs. Bosco's great too. But uh, Bricks, I'll get, I'll say, stay, stay. I just want to be close to her face. But if I get within the 12, 14 inch zone, she knows she can launch and lick from there. Just, and I mean, that big swinging tongue, just, and it's gone eyeball, nose. It's, I, and I have done tongue with with bricks but what a picture of what God's trying to do in us we are so wow we are so quick to not stay so when everything's said and done you have this anointing from the Holy One so that you can remain and you can stay there and be a disciple just like we're you, you know this is a simple illustration to say how God wants us to stay. He wants us to remain, to abide, and not just be, you know, going off on everything that just comes at us. I mean, I, it, it is, we live in the age of a thousand choices, a million distractions, you know, and we need to, we need to work out and, and do muscles, get muscles built up that help us to remain and to abide and to stay. It's really true, man. I mean, it's like, I just, I, you know, we are, you know, we used to have conversations, Kim and I, we used to have conversations about things we couldn't solve and figure out. And we don't, we don't have those anymore. They, they get answered because if we come to an impasse, we Google it. Right? That's just, that's what you do now. You, and I, and so our, even our arguments, they're, well, I think, you know, it's, you don't, you don't bow up and get strong about anything anymore. You just, I, I think because she's going to Google it in a minute and <laughs> help me to help me to get there. So here's the thing about the anointing. He, what he's saying is there's there's people antichrists, and um, it's the last hour. Everything from from the New Testament on is the last hour, and these people are against the Messiah. Against that's what anti means. Against Christ. Against the Messiah, and we have an anointing that where we've been Christed. We've been Messiahed. Um, we, we've got His anointing. And so when these people have gone out who don't have that anointing are now trying to teach them or to illuminate these people who have the anointing, He goes, you don't need them to teach you. It's not an issue of do we need teaching? We need teaching still. We need the Word. We need Jesus to be speaking to us and us to be responding to Him. But we don't need kind of 
ethereal, mysterious teaching from somebody who doesn't know the Lord. There's not truth there. Because the truth is that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the greatest truth known to mankind. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God who died for the sins of the world. Praise be to His name forever. He brings us into relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Spirit. Amen. So the, the point here is that we would stay in Jesus and that we would stay in fellowship with Him, with His Father, in the Spirit, and that the more we experience this journey of abiding and remaining and walking in Him, the more we would know the difference between what's real and what isn't. We would, we would, we would abide in what's truth and avoid what isn't. That's, and I'm just saying that over and again in some different ways here because that's what John is doing in this passage. So let's go on then to the second point. Second thing here is that we have this, his anointing and presence to help us grow in maturity. So just like John kind of bounces around a little bit, I'm bouncing around a little bit as well. Let's go to earlier in the chapter. Verse 12, John 2, verse 12. So we have this anointing, and it's helping us in this way too. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who, was, who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. So what's going on here is this this process of children, young men, fathers. And there's something that we're learning through this whole process. And it's about growing up and it's about maturity. And it is something that I would want from the depth of my heart for every single person that can hear my voice is that we would grow up. We'd, we, would, we would move through these phases of children, young men, young women, and, and fathers and mothers. We would, just that process of growing up. But that we would also realize we don't just do that in a linear fashion one time for all and that's it. So there's times at 53 when I'm doing children's stuff because it's the basics. I've got to be grounded in knowing that I'm forgiven in order to keep going. There's times when I'm doing young men stuff and when I'm, you know, doggone it, you know, and, and fighting and standing against the attacks of the enemy. And there's times when I'm doing the father thing and I'm knowing him who is from the beginning and helping to get that life, love and message out, you know, and but then I'm, I'm doing all those things and we're all doing all those things. And it's not just one. It's not a linear thing. It's, it's again, think helix of growth. It's not a straight line, but it's all about us growing up and maturity. You know, our knowledge of these things, it can't, you can't just do head knowledge on forgiveness. You can't just do head knowledge on knowing him who's from the beginning. You can't just do head knowledge on uh, on overcoming the evil one. You just you've got, so this is where the real experience part comes in. It's like I actually have to live through some of those things as a part of growing up and maturing. And you know, I wish I could say there's 
it's just not going to be a problem and it's not going to be hard it, you know and we don't we're not going to blow it at times but we learn to ground ourselves in what is real as we walk through these phases and keep these things in front of us this is how this is how we ground ourselves in what's solid what's truth what's real that Jesus is the Christ in my forgiveness Jesus is the Christ in my overcoming the enemy and in the Word of God being planted in me. Jesus is the Christ in my knowing Him who is from the beginning. And, and in my sharing that with others and my experiencing that in my own life. And you know what? Nobody does it perfect. Just It's a grace thing from the beginning to the end. Yeah, praise God, man. I just... Uh, I'm so thankful. So... So let's let's move it. Let's keep it moving forward. Now let's go to that middle section. Do not love the world. The third point here then is his anointing and presence helps us to avoid the wrong loves. Avoid the wrong loves. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Amen. So, uh, you know, what's going on here is he wants us to see that there is a part of the world that is against God. And that's what he's saying. Do not love the world or anything in the world. It's the world that's set off against God. Now, that's in contrast because God does say for John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world. So we're not talking about there's a part of the world of people and of, of what God's created that's good. you know. And he wants us being aware of that. But then there's a part of the world system that is against God, against His authority, against His reign. And it's, it's systematic. It's principalities and powers and, and those kinds of things. And don't love that. Because that is fading. It's fleeting. Those are loves that are placed in the wrong, in the wrong place. And so we have to navigate. I want, just want to say a word before I go on to say some more about the loves. It's just we have to navigate this uh, where, we, where we believe that God made a world that's good and it's filled with people that he loves. And so we're not like pulling back from being real people in the real world. Does that make sense? Because you can do that and kind of, there's a way of kind of being spiritual that kind of so removes itself from life and reality. It's a, it's almost dualism, you know, and it's a real popular philosophical Greek kind of mindset, frame of reference worldview. And that is that spiritual good natural bad and so when that kind of creeps in it actually is something that's not good for us you know so i'm wanting to draw this thing i'm not talking about dualism and when he says don't love the world he's not saying that there's not a part of our living life in god's good creation that god wants us living in we eat food and we drink and we 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 have fun and it's not just a morbid uh I said aesthetic, uh, what's not aesthetic, a aesthetic. Yeah, where you're, where you're separated from life and aesthetics actually beauty. 
Um, so, uh, this tracking so far? Do I feel like I'm trying to say something that's important about this where we don't just pull back? The point is, things that don't last, we want to be aware of what those loves are. You know, so when he says the cravings of sinful man, the flesh, they don't last. The lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, the pride comes not from the Father, but from the world. And those things, they're passing away. And so we want to align ourselves with the loves that matter, the loves that last, the loves that are from the Father and what He loves. Okay, so that's, that's the, uh, that's what the anointing is going to help us do here. You know, it's, it's what's real. It keeps us in the truth. Uh, years ago, bank tellers would be, if they were going to teach them about the counterfeit, they would put lots and lots of money in their hands. They'd just, they'd get familiar with it now. There's, I don't know what they do now because it's, there's so many technical light laser beam, you know, I don't know. They, I know it's got a lot of technology in it. That's all I'm trying to say. And, but they used to just, you'd handle the real so much that when the counterfeit came, they would know it. And so that's what, that's, I guess that's my point here on this is that we would be so immersed in the reality of Jesus Christ, Jesus who is the Christ, Jesus, Jesus, and then the anointing that he brings into our lives and choosing him and trusting him and turning to him that, that we would know the counterfeit. I wish we could live a life without mistakes. We, we can't. We cannot. And, and so even God uses even the mistakes that we make to help us further on the path. And here's the way, here's the way it works. We've got this anointing. And if we'll listen, God will tell us what to do. If we'll listen, sometimes we call that our conscience. Sometimes we call that wisdom or intuition, that deep, deep, deep down in their place where God's really speaking to us. Like that's why we guard our hearts. It's the wellspring of life. We want to keep our hearts tender and not seared off and calloused so that we can be sensitive to God speaking to us in and through us. This tracking? And so, so, so I just, I'm, I'm going down the road and I say, man, I'd like to go over there and do that. But I, I have like a voice that says, Hey, you know, you maybe not should do that. But I'd say, Oh, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And ouch, man, that hurt. I, I I don't feel good about that. I, that was a bummer. But one of the things I learned, even through my mistakes, is back over here, is back over here, when I heard that, that was God. And I learned to go, that's, that's the Lord. And so rather than get back into that, so the way this works a lot of times is we have to back up one step from the situation where we're not good at making choices in. Here's what I mean by that. You get with certain people and you're like, when you're with those people, you're going to do something, whatever, and it's, it's not the best for you. So you need to back up one step before when you get with them. And, and then if you need to back up another step, you need to back up enough steps to where you can hear and have clarity about walking in truth. That's it. You know, and so I have to back up enough to where I can get back to this spot or where it is where I can go, no, that leads to that, and that leads to that, and that leads to that, and that was hell. That broke my heart. Right? So, so this is avoid the wrong loves and learning to cultivate a life of listening. You know, the, the Shema, the hear, O Israel, 
Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. There from Deuteronomy 6. The word Shema is listen. It's hear. It's pay attention. And so it's hard to pay attention when we're five steps down this road and we're in the middle of something. It's, it's hard to pay attention there. But part of this anointing is that we would back up, slow down, remain, stay, and listen. And then we're so much sharper when it comes to taking those steps that lead down that road. I mean, you, time opens up and expands and there's more space for going, no, no, doggone it, no. You know, no. And uh, so do not love the world, but listen to God. Pay attention to the anointing. And that brings us back again to you know where we started. Dear children, this is the last hour. Many antichrists have come. But I want you to walk in truth. You have an anointing from the Holy One. An anointing that leads us into the greatest truth of all. That I said earlier, I say it again. Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God who died for the sins of the world. Raised on the third day by the power of God. Exalted to the right hand of the Father. Pouring out this anointing that we walk in. That it is our promise. And so remain in the Son and in His Father and in the Spirit. And how does all this impact our lives in a practical way? It really does. It's, it's practical. Like, we walk in God's anointing and it's going to touch Stephanie as a mom. It's going to touch Jason and Sarah in their marriage. It's going to touch Lloyd and Julia. You know, JD and Terry. Just on, it's, it's very practical. Because it touches work decisions. It touches relationship decisions. It touches uh, yes and no and purity and holiness and, and messed up thinking and depression and hope and all of these things. It brings us into all of these things that are helpful for us and helps us to avoid the wrong loves. It's very, very practical. I need to know my sins are forgiven. I need to know who, Him who is from the beginning. I need to know what it's like to overcome the enemy. You know, and I... I don't want bad things for anybody, right? Nobody does. But that's we learn in those trials. We learn in the hard stuff. And it's all part of it. And we learn to, like John says at the end, to avoid the, the idols. We learn what's real and what's counterfeit. And so, my brothers and sisters, remain in Him. You have an anointing from the Holy One. Remain in Him. This next week, remain in Him. This next month, this next year, this next lifetime, remain in Him. Let's stand up. Amen. Okay, worship team's coming. Ministry team's coming. I'm encouraged. Preaching to myself. So if you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're here. And uh, we do this at the end of every service. Uh, both services just take a little time to respond to God. It's like there's just something about responding in the moment. To If God's doing something in our hearts, there's something just about putting a stake in the ground and saying, yeah, I want to I walk in that. I want to walk in that truth. And this, this message, in a way, from John here, it's about maturity. It's about growing up and it's about not staying in the same place. And we are committed as a church. We are changing. 
You know, if you come back in a year, we won't look the same. Not just because there'll be different people here and stuff, but we're growing. We are growing into the image of Jesus. And so I want to just encourage you to remember if if you need to start a journey with Jesus so that you know that you have this anointing, then I want to encourage you to do that. And if you're walking with Jesus and would say, man, I want to walk in the truth of this. I want to walk in the reality of this. Man, get somebody to pray because it's the sensitivity to God that's going to help us navigate all the yeses and nos and the, the ditches of life and staying on the path and on in the way and the truth and the life with Jesus. That's what we need. I, I need it. You know, so again, it's one of those messages where everybody could come down. You don't all have to come down, but, but if the Lord's speaking something to you about growing, then if there's some area where you know you need prayer, then come and get prayer. It's that simple, right? And if, if you have any other need to prayer for healing or any other hard things going on in life, just uh, please don't leave without getting help. Just somebody to pray for you. Just put a hand on your shoulder and just bless you. And somebody has some faith where you, maybe you need some this morning. So Father, meet us today just in our responses, just in ministry here, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, give us grace to be bold. And uh, we're running to You. We're running to You, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. You guys, come get prayer. Go for it.